Good morning, Valley family. Great to see everybody here today, and uh, I really do appreciate the appreciation, uh, not to be redundant again, but uh, uh, there's no other place that Susie and I would rather be. There's no other church family that Susie and I would rather serve than the Valley family. So just uh, thank you so much for that. And uh, Susie's not here, so I'm kind of out of sorts. Uh, she's actually in Virginia. It was her mother's 75th birthday. Uh, I wasn't able to go, but she was there and with all of our kids and, and everything like that. Um, so I, I'm kind of just walking around the house. Where do I go? What do I do? I, I learned how to not only load, but use the dishwasher this weekend, which is great because I figured out where the dishes were. So it just, uh, it really, yeah, it's a new experience for me, a little out of sorts here today. But uh, she was on online uh, with several hundred other people and uh, uh, really great to be able to still be together even through our online campus. Uh, didn't uh, my, my buddy, Pastor Mo, do a great job last week? I thought that was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you missed it, the message is, is online on our website, and uh, we heard so much feedback, really, really absolutely incredible. Uh, he and I have been texting all week long about it, and he actually helped me, coached me up some, because uh, he's like a workout beast, and I changed a couple things, and I lost six pounds this week, so I'm feeling pretty good about that, uh, no question about it. I'm just wasting away to nothing is what's happening, not really. But uh, uh, I didn't know it, but he wrote a book. He, he, like right as he's leaving, he goes, I have something for you. And he pulls out of his backpack and he wrote an incredible book called Leader Fit uh, about longevity and leadership. And he signed it and everything for me. I highly recommend it. I dove into it this week. It's a real easy read, uh, but, but powerful, powerful truths uh, just based on biblical principles uh, of leadership. I believe it's available on Amazon. Uh, so that's Andrew Momin Jr. Uh, and, and the book is called Leader Fit. If you have any responsibility to lead in any capacity, uh, I highly recommend that, that book to you. And uh, I wish I'd known, he, he's a very humble guy, I wish I'd known before he was leaving, I would have had him bring several hundred. I think they would have gone like, like hotcakes. But uh, to, to, today we're continuing this series called Unpopular Opinion. And, and I want to kind of go a little bit deeper uh, on the topic of God at work. Uh, two weeks ago, I talked about working for the weekend and, and the whole idea that, that God has an incredible perspective and attaches incredible value to the work that you and I do. And, and I had a lot of folks looking at me like, you know, deer in headlights, like, what? I've never heard anything like this before. So I wanted to circle back around to it and drill down a little bit deeper uh, about it because uh, think about it, you spend more working hours than you do at home. You spend more time working than you actually do at home uh, or conscious at home. Let me put it that way. You know, most of the time we're sleeping at night. And, and here's the thing. If you and I can't live out our faith at work, are we really living out our faith at all? Just think about that. You, you spend more time at work than any other place. If we're not living out our faith at work, are we living it out? If we're not a follower of Jesus at work, are we really following him at all? And the Bible has so much to say. And like I said, I want to just drill down a little bit deeper on the topic today. See, popular opinion would say your work is necessary. That's what our culture says. Like work is necessary to make a dollar. 
Work is necessary, you know, so that I can get some money to do the stuff that I want to do with my life. It's like a necessary evil. But God says, this is the unpopular opinion, work is not necessary, work is worship. Your work is your worship. Just as much as in, in, a, in a Sunday service, singing and maybe, you know, raising your hands, we call that worship, but your work is worship as well. And so many Christians don't have that understanding, don't have that mindset, but it's all throughout the Bible, from Genesis literally to Revelation, all throughout. The, 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 could I put it this way? Your vocation is your ministry location. That's your calling. Your vocation is your ministry location. So I, I want to talk about work and the value of work, and I want to kind of develop the idea a little bit, a little bit deeper. And, and then I want to give you some real practice. I want to coach you up, if you'll let me coach you up. And, and there's a way you can help me coach you up. So help me help you coach you up. We'll get to that in just a minute. Just some, some real practical things. So, so your, your vocation is your ministry location. God's placed you where you are. You are where you are for his sake. It's not accidental and it's not incidental. It's incredibly intentional and deliberate. God wants to show up at work through you. If you're a student here, that's your work. Your, your studies are your work. And so you can apply all the things that we're talking about to your, your studies, your education. Popular opinion, or, or could I put it this way? Popular opinion says your faith is a private matter. Just keep your mouth shut. That's what the culture says. Just keep your mouth shut. Unpopular opinion, God says... Share the good news and influence everyone around you for his sake. That's the unpopular opinion. That's God's opinion. And so let, let's talk about God at work. And, and we have to go all the way back to Genesis because this is the beginning of the understanding. Before sin ever entered into humanity, there was work. And it wasn't just necessary, it was worship. It was something more than that. Look at it in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Now, let me just a little bit of kind of like uh, uh, bibliography, bibliography uh, the study of the Bible here. And, and that is this the Old Testament was primarily written in Hebrew. New Testament was primarily written in a, in a form of Greek that's not spoken any longer. Uh, it's called Koine Greek. And, and that pretty much, there's some Aramaic in some other places but in the Bible, but it's very, very just a few lines here and there. But in Hebrew, he, the Hebrew language is very picturesque. It like paints a picture. It says here in Genesis 2.15, Old Testament, written in Hebrew, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. I had our tech guys highlight those two words because they're very significant in Hebrew. You ready for this? The word here in Hebrew for work is the exact same word in Hebrew for worship. It's the exact same word. 
In, in other words, that, that God was saying he put Adam and Eve in the garden before there's sin or anything like that and said, here's the work I'm entrusting you to do. Let your work be a worship to me. I don't think you heard me there. I got the deer in headlights again. Because, I mean, this, this is in creation. Let your work be worshiped to me. And, and the word, and to take care of it, you know what that word care is in Hebrew? It's a word, it means protect. Protect what I've entrusted into your care. And let your work be worshiped to me. And, and so, so we sing, and, and, and rightfully so, here I am to worship. But tomorrow morning, when you wake up and you walk in the office or to class, there you are to worship as well. See, that's, that's powerful, and it's all throughout Scripture. It's not a popular opinion. That's not what our culture says. The work is just necessary. And God's like, no, 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 no. Work is worship. God established a pattern where you and I get to partner with him through our work to create this world. Think about it for just a minute. God created all the elements, everything that we see, but he trusted humanity to create. We created culture. The arts, entertainment, all these things that, that we created. Those things, That's our work. That's our work. Engineering, architecture, all these things. And, and it's meant to be a worship to God. Our job is not just to make a living your job, my job, is to make life worth living for those who live in the same garden as us. Let me say that again. Our job is not to make a living. Our job is to make life worth living for those who live in the same garden that we do. This garden of the Hudson Valley. Our garden is, is the mid-Hudson Valley. And, and it's in my heart, and I hope it's in your heart as well. I want to make life worth living for people in this valley, whether they ever darken the doors of this church or not. I, I want to do all that I can to make people's lives better, for God's sake. I think that's worth clapping about. I think that's... I'm going to get you really clapping in a minute. Just, just, just hold on. Folks that were at 9 o'clock, you're like, oh, yeah, he's, he's, just wait a minute, just wait. That, that's why we're on this planet. Jesus said, pray this way. Now I'm preaching. I'm way off my notes. Just try to follow along. Thy kingdom come. We're supposed to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not God's will that this place is falling apart. It's not God's will that there's evil. It's not God's will that there's oppression. It's not God's will that there's exploitation. None of those things are God's will. And he said, I'm trusting my people to make a difference. Susie, Susie, Susie's missing. I'm getting fired up this morning. <laughs> she kind of sometimes, you know, she, she'll hold me back a little bit because, you know, you're never going to make it to noon, honey. But uh, that's okay. I'll just sit in a chair for the noon service. Listen, don't just make a living, make the world worth living in. That's what God wants from you. That's what God wants from me. Don't just make a living, make the world worth living in. Make it a better place that God's kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
If, if you're on board with that too, let me tell you the strategy that we have here at Valley Christian Church, how we're going to do this. Uh, so, so we have all kinds of small groups, and, and uh, right now I got the report from uh, George Engel. He's our resident that is in charge of all the small groups. Right now, half of all of our adults are a part of one of our Valley groups, half, 50%. That means every other person you see, I think that's worth mentioning as well. That's where the change takes place. That, that's where the real change takes place. It's, it, change doesn't take place looking at the back of somebody's head on Sunday morning, by the way. We, we have people in our small groups that don't even attend our church. Never step foot, but, but, but are part of our small groups. Isn't that crazy? Because they just heard, oh, there's a mom's group. Oh, there's a parenting group. Oh, there's a jogging group. I want to be a part of that. People are so desperate for community. And so half of the people, and, and, and I, my, my goal is that 100% of the people that, that, that attend, adults in the church will be in the groups one day because it, it changes. That's where the real change happens. But, but, but think about that. So, so we're talking about maybe uh, you know, several hundred people. And, and, and so there's no way that we can change this culture, change this community from just one location. So maybe in our groups, our groups meet all throughout the Mid-Hudson Valley. We have some in Orange County and uh, down in Putnam County. Uh, some meet here, but some meet in other areas as well. And, and so maybe, you know, 40 or so groups, something like that. I forgot what the total number is off the top of my head right now that we have. But, but, but it's like, well, we have 40 locations. Well, how is 40 locations going to reach everybody? It's not. It's not. As, as important as our groups are, that, that's not going to make life worth living, make, make people's lives better, just those groups. But, but as best as we can kind of wrap our heads around it and quantify it, there, there are roughly about 1,500 people that call Valley Christian Church their home right now on, on a regular basis. And any given month, 1,500 different people walk through the doors. That gives us 1,500 locations of ministry every week. 1,500 ministers in our community. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about every single one of us. If we would just embrace the clear teaching of Scripture that my vocation is my ministry location, that I am where I am for God's sake to make a difference for Him right where I am. No, no matter where, where that is, that, that where, you're there because of him. Don't just make a living, make the world worth living in. We have members of the Valley family, and that's the strategy, and that will work, but only if we take Jesus to work with us. It, it won't work if, if we leave him at home. If, if we if we just bow to the culture that said your, your faith is a private matter. Because you don't find that anywhere in Scripture. It's supposed to be public and it's supposed to influence those around us. I'm going to share with you real practically how you can do that and, and coach you up in just a minute on that. But let's look at some Scripture that's really important that we're grounded in before we get to the application of how to do that. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, And whatever you do, what." Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Did you hear that? Giving thanks through him to God the Father. So here's my question. Are you repping the J? Are you, are you repping the J? Are you representing Jesus everywhere you go? 
Because that's what the scripture said. You're supposed to rep the jet. You're supposed to represent you. Be an ambassador for Jesus Christ everywhere you go. That's why I said we have 1,500 ministers if we would just recognize who it is God has called us to be. Whatever you do or say, anything, no matter what your job is, or if you're a student, or, or no matter where, if you're retired, what, no matter what it, wherever you go, you're supposed to rep the J. Represent Jesus. And, and here's the thing. We don't have to wonder if this works or not, because it already has 2,000 years ago. And it toppled the Roman Empire. It gutted the Roman Empire from inside. Just people that were committed. Where I go, I am representing the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's with me. And I'm here to make a difference and to make this world a better place. And men and women, just like you, just like me, ordinary people, empowered with the understanding that Jesus is with us, change the world in, in basically a generation and a half from the time of the closing of, of the writing of, of the Bible. It's worked. We have to re-embrace these truths in Scripture. Drop down a few verses later in Colossians, and I'm just kind of drilling down deep in Colossians so we see how strong this is, but this is all throughout the Bible. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22, it, it talks about the relationship. There was slavery uh, at, at the time of the Bible, and it actually, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is given some, uh, this is how to slaves even to respond to your masters, because it's going to make a difference. So we're, we're not talk, I'm not talking to slaves this morning, so let's apply this, slaves, masters, let's apply this to employer, employee, employee, employers. Ready? Look, look at what it says. Slaves or, or employee, employee, obey your earthly employers in everything you do. Try to please them all the time. Not just when they're watching you, not just when it's annual review time. Serve them sincerely. Why? For a paycheck? No. Because of your reverent fear of the Lord. But because of your love and your fear, your awe of Jesus Christ, serve him faithfully. See, here's the thing. Your work is worship when Jesus is your boss. When you recognize that Jesus is really your boss, then your work becomes worship at that point. And it's not about whoever has that title. It's not about who, you know, who has that responsibility that you're direct report. It's not even that anymore. It's like, I'm working for Jesus. So what that means is that I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to, I'm going to not, not just please him because my boss, who, who, who the company says is my boss, he may be happy with me giving a half-hearted effort and he doesn't know it. But Jesus isn't, and Jesus is my boss, that then I'm going to give it 100% of my effort. If Jesus is my boss, then, then I'm going to get the very best grades that I can. If Jesus is my boss, I'm going to leave it all on the field every single day. Or work. Your work is worship if you understand that Jesus is your boss. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 24. It says, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and the master you are serving is Christ. This is talking about work. The employer that you are serving is Jesus. Remember that. And, and, and he sees it all. He doesn't miss one thing. 
And, and so your work is ministry when, you, when people are a priority. Let me say that again. Your work is ministry when people are a priority. When, when you prioritize people, even though you've got tasks to complete, but, but if, you, if you just people, it's about people, that becomes your ministry. That, that's why I say, would that we would just understand, we, we've got 1,500 ministers in our community from Valley Christian Church. Now, that, that will, that'll make this community a better place if we'd all just see that and embrace it. And, and so what I want to do is I want to give you four big uh, ways to see God at work. I, I, sometimes people come to me and they're like, I'm not good at sharing my faith. I want to give you, I'm, I'm going to coach you up right now on how to share your faith at work in a really like low-key, non-threatening way, okay? Now, now here's what I need from you. Help me help you share your faith. Here's what I need from you because I need to kind of go from my pastor mode to my coach mode right now, okay? And so there's one thing we used to always do when I was coaching high school football. Uh, we'd do three claps, and, and, and one of the coaches would go, three claps, and everyone would go <laughs> like that, and i go, three claps, and everyone would go <laughs> You ready for it? I'm asking you to help me. Three claps. <laughs> all right, all right. Three claps. It's getting there. Oh, yeah, there they go. Three claps. All right, now I'm ready to coach you up. You ready? Okay. Now stay tuned because I'm going I'm to need your help again. All right? So, so here's the first thing. Four big ideas. I want to give you four big ideas right now. And, and then with each idea is three examples. And I want you to just try just one of these this week at work. And you watch. You try this at work and you watch God show up. You watch God show up. And you're going to be like, that's it? Yeah, that's it. And so I'm just coaching you. I'm just, just real practical. Here's the first thing. Model integrity. Just, just model integrity. Listen, if you're supposed to be at work at 9 o'clock and you show up at 9 o'clock, you're late. You should be there five minutes early. If it starts at 9 and you show up at 9, you're late, and that dishonors your Savior. I don't know how else to say that. Show, model integrity. It matters. If you're on time, you're late. You get there early. We used to always, when I was, when I was coaching even, like, practice starts at 2.30. Somebody come walking up on the field at 2.30. You're late. Hit the track. Run. It's late. Just, just model integrity. It's amazing just in our culture, if you just have integrity, the 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 contrast of your life. Here, here's real practical. You ready? Pick up garbage. Just pick up the trash. Pick up the trash. When, when, when you're on the job and you just walk by and you see something on the ground that doesn't belong there, instead of thinking, that's not my job, remember in the garden he put him there, what? To work, to worship, and to protect, to care for it. It is your job. That piece of trash is your job. Just this past service, before our 9 o'clock service, I was walking down the hallway. There was a piece of trash on the ground. There are people that, that, that clean the church. That, that's part of their job. But I didn't walk by it because I want this to be beautiful for other people. So I picked up that piece of trash. It was the back of one of the stickers for the child check-in for our children's ministry. It's your job. 
pick up the trash. I could tell you off the top of my head three different stories of people on the job, out in the marketplace, workforce, that picked up trash and didn't even know it, but their second-level manager saw them do it. Brought it up at their review and said, I think you need to apply for this position over here, and I'll vouch for you. From picking up a piece of trash. Because instead of, it's not my job, wait, that doesn't belong there. I'm going to do something to help. Here's the second. Just be salt and light. Just, just tomorrow when you go to work, if you are upbeat and positive, you are going to shine like a star. Monday is the lowest productivity day of the week, the work week in the United States. If you just show up with a positive, upbeat attitude, it's amazing. People are like, what's up with you? What's going on? Just being salt and light. Just, 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 just not mumbling and, and grumbling and complaining. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. So, so when people come to you with the, hey, did you hear about Sister Sounding Brass? Did you hear about Brother, brother Bucket Mouth? Uh, you know, just, uh, my dad does, just stay away from the gossip in the break room. Just, just, I'm not going to do that. My dad taught me this. When, when someone ever comes to you to talk bad about someone else, just ask them a couple questions. My dad taught me this. I want to share it with you. It's not in the notes. Off the top of my head. My dad would say this. He's like, if someone comes to tell you about someone else, just, just negativity, ask them this first of all. Why are you telling me this? Then, then say, is it because you want me to go with you when you tell this person to their face? <laughs> and if you don't go and tell them to their face, I'm going to go and tell them to their face what you said. Nobody will share gossip with you anymore. <laughs> it's done. It's just done. And you know what that is? Integrity. That's integrity. The Bible, there's so much in the Bible that says that the gossiping lips are, are like evil and wicked and sin. It's not a small thing to God at all. And so just, just honor everyone. I'm not going to let you dishonor this fellow employee in my ear. I'm not going to let you do that. And so, so why are you telling me this? Is it because you want me to go with you when you tell them? And if you don't go to tell them, then I'm going to tell them. They'll stop dumping their toxic waste on you after that. So model integrity. And again, just choose one of these out of, out of all these that I'm going to give you. And just I'm going to do that today, okay? So, so here's the thing. Don't just make a living. Make a world worth living in. That's the first one. Three claps. I told y'all be on guard here. Three claps. Three claps. Here's the second one. Start a conversation. Start a conversation about faith. Now, here's how you do it. Tell your story. Just, just tell what, what, what your faith means to you. And I'm going to give you some real practical ways of how even to start the conversation starters, literally, in just a second. It's not in your notes. You're going to probably want to write it down. To just tell your story. Tell what, tell what Jesus has done to you. Tell what your faith, how it's changed your life. Because here's the thing. Someone else, they, they, they may not share your faith, but they cannot deny your personal experience. Because it's your life. It's just, this is what Jesus means to me. 
This is how my life is better. This is how my life is different. Okay, well, that's good for you, but... And you know what? It'll stick with them more than you realize. Ask questions. Ask some questions. I learned this when I was coaching again. I would ask my players questions Mondays. I mean, they, they hated Mondays because that was when we went through the film session and backward and forwards and show everybody what they did wrong and, uh, uh, and, and point all that out. But we'd have a quick little kind of walk through. And, and, uh, and while we're walking through and they're stretching, I would just kind of walk amongst the players there. And I'm like, listen, man, how was your weekend? And they're like, oh, coach, is good, it's good. And, and then it'll be like, I, I say, tell me the best thing of your weekend. Just tell me right now, what was the number one thing that you did this weekend? And they're like, oh, coach, I went, we had a party, man. We had this party, and it was, it was just great. Or, or maybe I went to a football game, you know, a college game or something like that. And then inevitably, because they're polite people, and most people are, they'd say, well, what was the best thing about your weekend, coach? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Man, we had the best time at church. Church? Well, you asked, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just love church, man. There's so many relationships and friendships. We learned how to, how to just, like, represent God at work on the job. Are you serious? What kind of church is that? And now we're having this whole conversation about faith. Just, just learn how to ask questions. Let, let me give you some questions. Starters, some other conversation starters. Are you ready? These, these three questions, man, these are powerful. This will, these, these are loaded questions. Here's the first one. It's not in your notes. Uh, what is the most courageous thing you've ever done? You just ask someone that. What is the most courageous thing you've ever done? They're like, oh, man, well, I ba 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 ma ma and then I went ba da da ba 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 ma ma And you're going like, oh, my goodness, I didn't even know you. And they're like, oh, yeah, and then I da 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 And then all of a sudden they're just going on and on and on because you really want to know. And they're telling you what they've done. And then they turn and they go, what's the most courageous thing you ever did? Surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. Gotcha. Just like that, just now, and just open the door for a great conversation. When, when, when I just, when I bowed my knee and just surrendered my life to Jesus and said, you can do with it whatever you want. I, I receive you as my Savior. How, how about this question? Different one. If you could go back and change something in your life, what would it be and why? Ask somebody that. If you could go back and change something in your life, what would that be? Why? And as they're sharing that, everyone, we all have regrets, right? We, we all have done big pieces of stupid that, that we hope nobody remembers, right? And, and, and as they're sharing, you know, that this is the biggest regret. If I could go back and change, this is what I would change. And then all that, they'll, they'll just like, what about you? What about you, coach? What about you, boss? Well, I've got a lot of regrets. But I tell you what, I've seen my Lord Jesus change those regrets into redemption. I've seen him take the things I, I'm just so embarrassed about in my life and, and bring healing and forgiveness into my life. See, this is a lot easier than we think. Because you don't have to have all the theology. You just have to care for people. That's it. You don't have to have a doctorate degree in theology. Just care for people. Start a conversation. Here, here's the third question. 
this is loaded. What is the most extravagant gift you've ever been given? Ask somebody that. What's the, what's the most extravagant gift you've ever been given? And they'll, they'll tell you, and then they'll turn it. What about you? What's the most extravagant gift that you've ever been given? Oh, you know, you know, I got a pearl. I got a pearl one time. The, it, it, the pearl of great price. It's so expensive. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Jesus. So valuable, I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. There's nothing I could ever do. But he lived for me, and he laid his life down for me, and he rose from the dead for me. That's the greatest gift I've ever been given. See, and just start these conversations. You'll be amazed. Just, just try it, how it just opens up. And God will show up at work. Three claps. Someone was off. Three claps. There we go. Here's the third point. Care for people. Just care for people. Pray for your peers. I, I, I mean, pray for them. Pray for them. Just, just before you go into work, God, I just lift up and just every single person that you know at work, I just pray. God, move on their behalf. Move in their life. Draw them to you. Just pray for them. And, and then think about it. You spend more time, really, awake time. You spend more awake time with your coworkers than you do your family. Become a study of your coworkers. You, you can begin to look at their facial expressions, their body language, things like that, and just like, hey, man, everything okay? Looks like you're kind of dragging today. What's going on? You just ask them, and it'd be surprising, like, oh, you noticed? And they'll just share, man, I had a hard weekend, or oh, my marriage, I just, there's some stuff going on. And, and then just say, can, can I pray for you? I, 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 I'm going to pray for you. And they're like, thank you. And say, can I pray with you right now? Because there's only one thing greater than praying for someone is praying with them. And then don't make it all theological. Don't do that. Make it short, simple, to the point. I'm talking seconds. If, if someone's like, man, I'm just going through it, my... My, my, my spouse and I, man, we're just going through it. Oh, can I pray? Can I, can I pray with you? Yeah, right now? Okay. Dear Lord Jesus, I just lift up my brother to you. And Lord, I just pray that you give wisdom and healing and insight into their marriage and bring restoration. Amen. Just like that. Just like that. Simple. So simple. And, and if they say they don't want you to pray with them, pray for them, though. Tell them, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for it. I, I made, because I think it's part of integrity, I, I made that promise to God when I was a young pastor. I will never tell anyone I will pray for them and not do it. A anytime I say, I'm going to pray for you, I put that on my phone, and that becomes part of my daily prayer list. And I pray and I pray. And I often say, update me when you can, and here's the reason why, because I'm going to keep on praying until I hear from you. You're going to be on that list. Just pray for them. Pray for your peers. Give them a book. Give them a book. Here's a great book. If you've never read this, Purpose Driven Life, What on Earth Am I Here For? from Rick Warren. Uh, we used to have this in little paperback editions. We put it in every first-time guest little bag. Uh, this is absolutely fantastic. Just give this to someone. Uh, this is powerful about people discovering their purpose. Highly recommend it. I've preached series on this, I think, three different times in the church. It, it is the number one nonfiction bestseller all time. All time right here. 
absolutely over 32 million copies sold. What on earth are you here for? Just give him a gift of a book. Someone gave a, a, a talented singer this book years ago. She read it and it changed her life. Do you know who it was? Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood says, this book by Rick Warren changed my life and let my faith in Jesus Christ grow so much. Then you hear like, Jesus, take the wheel. This is my temporary home. I'm not talking about, I don't even know my last name. That's a whole other thing. But anyway, uh, but, but, but just changed your life. Power, just give someone that. And, and, and it just shows that you care. Write them a note. Write them a note. And, and I didn't say text them. I didn't say email. <laughs> Write them an actual note like in ink. Just tell them how thankful you are for them. Just like, listen, it's a pleasure. Just short and sweet. Again, thank you. Thank you for what? It's a pleasure working with you every day. It'd blow their mind. Gratitude. It's one of those things that our culture doesn't show gratitude at all. But what we as followers of Jesus Christ need to. So that's the third point. Here's the fourth one before we do. Three claps. Three claps. Three claps. Here it is. Support each other. Just support. If you have a fellow Christian on the job, support each other. If you're in a school, you know, if you're, we have so many teachers and faculty members, and you know someone else who's a Christian, just ask, can we get together, just the two of us or the three of us, right before school starts in the morning, and just say a simple prayer together? Just support each other. Just support each other. It's amazing the difference it makes when we just focus on supporting one another instead of being Lone Rangers. Uh, so, so just, just care for one another, support one another. And, and here's one thing also that you can do. Just amazing on work. You, you know, just, just show up with some Valley merch. <laughs> just show up with some Valley merch. I mean, just, just on the slide. Hey, man, how you doing? <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, so we gave these out Father's Day. This is one of the reasons why we give out things like this. Just bring it to work with you, you know? It's amazing the difference that will make just some valley gear. I'll tell you this story real quick. A good friend of mine, a pastor's in the community, Bobby Hardgraves, pastor at Calvary Chapel. And uh, his daughter and our oldest daughter were really good friends in school. We became, Bobby and I, really good friends. We talk often and, and get together and have lunch and everything. And one time, it was years ago, he said to me, he's like, Greg, I got to say something to you right now. And I was like, okay. He goes, this might be hard to hear. And I was like, Bobby, go ahead. And he's like, your church, Valley, is the best kept secret in the community. I was like, what? Yeah, he did. But he said more. He said, it's the best kept secret in the community. And then he said this. He goes, by the way, all the other pastors look to you to see what you are doing. That's a, you're like, you, you, you're, you're like the, the, the OG. I was like, what's the OG? He's like, you're the original gangster. And uh, so, so I was like, I guess that means I've just been at it a long way, long time. And then and I came back to the leadership, and I was like, I think we're the best kept secret. And they're like, where you get an idea like that? I was like, my friend Bobby Hargraves. So then we started getting magnets, and we got magnets, and we put them on every single car. This was years ago. We put them on every single car, and then I asked the Valley family, I was like, listen, I want you all to do, at one service, we put them on every single car. I said, I want you all to do what you do best, nothing. And, and so I said, just do nothing, just, just, that was a joke, see, we're in church, uh, just a joke. I said, just drive around with these on the back of your car, these little Valley magnets. And, and, and Bobby called me two weeks ago. We were talking, and he goes, listen, I want you to know something, I hate you. 
I was like, well, thanks. I love you too. And, uh, and I was like, why do you hate me? He goes, because now my wife and I go out for a dinner date and we're driving and we just see there's a valley magnet. There's a valley magnet. There's a valley magnet. There's a valley magnet. He's like, I hate you, man. I was like, you gave me the idea. You know, just support. Just, just, if you can't rep the J, rep the V. And we, we still have some of these magnets out in the uh, cafe. They're free. Just grab one and put it on your car. I saw someone after 9 o'clock service put six on his car. That's a little <laughs> obsessive or anything. But, but here's the thing. You'll be surprised. You'll show up at work, and all of a sudden, there's somebody goes to Valley at the noon service. I go at 9. I had no idea. And you find out who that is, and you just support one another. Or if they have some other magnet or something from some other churches. We're all on the same team, y'all. We're all on the same team. Just, just whatever. Because you show enthusiasm about your church, people are going to ask you why. People don't do that today. You just show enthusiasm about your church. Folks will ask you why. Why don't you come? Why don't you come check it out? So use your valley gear. Here's a, start a Bible study maybe. Again, if you have like, for instance, teachers that, that teach in the same school, start a Bible study at an appropriate time before or after class, before or after the school day is over. Speak up. Speak up. Because if we're not going to speak up, when we're on the job, when are we ever going to speak up? Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. It's time. So do one thing this week to live out your faith where you make a living. Just one thing. Maybe it's pick up the trash. People will notice. Guarantee. Just one thing. Because we have 1,500 ministers in the mid-Hudson Valley. And that number's growing all the time. You are where you are for his sake. Your vocation is your ministry location. If this message and the one that I gave two weeks ago about working for the weekend really is connected with you and you want to learn more, just real practical, I want to invite you to our Connexus conference. That, that's coming up. October 21st and 22nd. I'm not speaking at it. I'm the host of it. And uh, these are friends that are flying in from all across the United States, actually international as well. And, and they're just marketplace Christians that are making huge, huge impacts for Jesus Christ. And, and if you, you get around people like that and you hear, you hear how they talk, you hear how they think, and they just want to empower you and share. They're, they're coming at their own cost. We're not even paying for them fly in. They're doing it at their own expense. But they know this is such a passion of mine personally. They're like, we want to be a part of that. And, and so the reason why I'm telling you this now is it's the $99 a person. It's three meals included in that, Friday and Saturday. But it goes up in price next week to $150 a person. And I, I don't want you, $150 doesn't even, it's not a drop in the bucket. We, this, this is a whole other organization that I'm a part of, and we run this in the red but it's because we just want to empower Christians right where they are to make a difference right where they are. And so all the information is on our website. 
You can check out the Connexus website, connexusleaders.cc as well, and learn a whole lot more. Because your work is supposed to be your worship. That's the way God intended for it. That's the way that he planned it. I'm going to ask, would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just, we just pray that you'd give us the, the courage to embrace this, this perspective that you have about our work. Not what our culture says that work is necessary, but what you say is that our work is worship. And may we worship you tomorrow just as we've worshiped you today. Lord, may we represent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whatever we do and knowing that you see it all and that you will be with us and reward us on that great day when we stand before you. Father, I just duly deputize right now every single person here in the hearing of my voice as a minister in the marketplace right where they are for your sake in Jesus' name. Amen.